Good afternoon, everybody. This is Billy Ray Mitchell here in sunny San Diego. We got Grayson in Los Angeles, California, and Patrick is in Charlotte, North Carolina, where we will all be, not in Charlotte, but the great state of North Carolina this time next week. Uh, we're the Sons of Saturday, here to talk about Virginia Tech. There's a lot of news that we have to break down, and the Sons of Saturday are powered by Duracell. No, we're not. We're powered by Main Street Pharmacy. Main Street Pharmacy, right located right on Main Street in Blacksburg. It's over right towards the end of the avenue or whatever street or whatever. Uh, check it out. You got Lord Dr. Jeremy Counts, who holds it down, a great member of the Virginia Tech community, finding ways to give back to the Virginia Tech community. He loves sports, men's and women's. He loves the school. He's a hokey himself. He went to the school settled down in Blacksburg and is taking care of the community in any way possible. Don't go to these big corporate big wigs for what you need. Support local. We talk about it all the time. If you need toilet paper, go to Jeremy. If you got a sniffle, go on down to Jeremy and get your Z-Pack. He can hold it down for you. You're going to have great conversation. You can play Pac-Man and you can pick up a Sons of Saturday flag while you're at it. Pat, kick us off with it. Looks like we have multiple Hokie Haikus lined up here. Guys, great participation on the Hokie Haiku front. Shout out to Daniel Lundberg, Randito, and Pete McGee. We'll kick it off uh, number one with Daniel. Keely Rochard rocks. Lady Hokies to supers. Way to represent. Love that. Thank you, Daniel. Randito, softball women rule. Hitting bombs in the desert. Thank you, Van Halen. Shout out to the old man. Shout out Randito. And then job, lastly, man. Pete Pete McGee. Softball brings the heat. The Devils went down in Tempe. <laughs> Bruins in trouble. I wow. guess I guess Pete's a Boston Brewer, Bruins fan. Bill, do you have any reports on the Bruins? What's going on with them? I don't I know think they're your Bru- team. No, 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 no. I think the Bruins are referring to UCLA. Um, okay 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 great i saw grayson's tweet we're playing ucla next or it looks like we are i know it's ruins are fine the bruins are beating up on the caps for all you nova hokey hokey people um so they're they're handling business big we talked about last week before you guys try to play me for it no i don't watch any regular season i watch zero minutes of regular season hockey then when playoff hockey rolls around playoff hockey the, the energy is unmatched i don't know the rules when the officials blow the whistle and they say like icing or something, I have to turn and ask somebody like, Hey, what does that mean? But people are hitting each other. Um, and the environments are awesome. So go Bruins, go playoff hockey. Um, we're about to jump into three big things, which, Hey, improved last week, improving again this week, hashtag get better. But first of all, the three big things are brought to you by the hub in Blacksburg. And guys, we talk about, like in college, not having a whole lot of money. And, you know, you need to get, to, you got to find a way to get to Tots Tuesday. You need to find a way to get to Main Street Pharmacy and pick yourself up some uh, Fig Newtons, or maybe you need to get uh, wherever you need to get places. Okay. Um, you want, you need to get to Benny's and have a slice of pizza. Pat won't be doing that, but you need dollars. You need dollars to keep the thing rolling. Well, if you sign a lease for a four bedroom unit, you get $500 for signing that lease, and each of you get an additional $200. That's $700. I'm not a mathematician or a, a, 
astrologist or good at math by any standards, but $700 is quite a bit of pennies and a quite a bit of pesos. So if you need $700, check out the four bedroom. You don't have four, you don't have three friends or you don't have three friends that want to live at the best place ever. Just refer one friend and you get $200. That's like a semester. That's like a semester out on the town. Yes. That is a lot of nights out. You play your cards right? By the hub. You play your cards right? No question. No question. You know what I would do for $200? Quite a bit. Anyway, moving right along, we're moving into our three big things. Pat, kick us off. What is the first big thing going on in the Virginia Tech community right now? All right. We're going we're gonna to do a little pivot, a little audible reshuffle here. We had Hokie Softball at number two. Now, Hokie Softball yes. is the number one Love it. big thing going on right now. Moving on to Supers. They went out to the desert and defeated BYU on Thursday, 5-2. to two. They upset Arizona State, who was hosting the regional in Tempe, uh, 8-2 to two on Friday. And then yesterday, Keely Rochard was dealing yet again for the third consecutive day, picked up the win against BYU 11-3 uh, to three yesterday on, on Saturday. So... Hats off to the to the uh, to the softball team. They are absolutely rolling, um, largely behind the efforts of Keely Rochard, uh, our star pitcher. But um, so we're going to be going to the Super Regionals for the second time in program history after sweeping the regional, which is a pretty big deal. Uh, a lot of this has to do with Rochard. A lot of this has to do with just the bats being really hot um, over the course of the weekend. Um, you know. Five runs on Thursday, eight on or eight on Friday, and eleven on Saturday. But got to give uh, props to Kelsey Bennett. She went nuts in this regional, nine for eleven with two homers, and she's seven for her last seven. And uh, we hit five home runs against BYU. So if there was ever a time where the bats needed to get hot, it was right now for this Virginia Tech softball team. So it looks like it's going to be UCLA. Um, the Hokies are. Uh, awaiting their opponents as the rest of the field will be wrapped up today. And uh, we will play the winner of the Los Angeles regional that has been hosted by, uh, by UCLA down there, but big time developments out of softball and uh, who knows, who knows what they when can would, do. So I'll be tuning be? in. When is that? That would be this week, Billy Ray sometime like this week. week? I, I, I don't know, but we'll know who our opponent is. Why don't we go? Dude, that's what I'm saying. I'm serious. I'm being so serious. I was going to say, dude, you should come up, stay the night. We'll go see the Hokies play over in Brentwood. Beautiful campus over at UCLA. Sons of softball. Sons of softball. And you know what? Before we leave, I will go. I'm in. I'm in. If I can, if, you know, work works out. I want to shout out Grace Chavez because I remember she hit me up early in the season and she said, Grayson, I want to come on the podcast, talk about Hokie softball this year. We're going to we're going to roll like, trust me, we're going to be good. That was probably back end of February, early March. She came on the podcast. We had a great conversation and look at them now, man. I'm 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 so proud of the Hokie softball team. And I really do hope that uh, that I can go see him play this week. Bill would love for you to be there, man. That'd be so I, much fun. I want to add something, too, that I thought was really, really cool. Um, we'll go ahead and uh, put this in the article um, and uh, you could check it out. But when Virginia Tech was down in Tempe, uh, they tweeted out a picture. Apparently the whole softball team went to some alumni's house named uh, 
or two alumni, uh, baseball alums, sorry, baseball alums, Chanel and Joe Saunders. Baseball and softball. Baseball. I'm pretty sure. Oh, that's even so, so Joe, So Joe played in the MLB. Uh, played for the Angels. Back. Played for the Los Angeles Angels. Right. Or Anaheim. You guys know more about what I what I brought what I brought to the table. Good for Fun you. Fun fact. Friends. This is why we're friends. But anyway, they all went down and uh, had like a big pool bash party uh, in Tempe. I think that is so awesome. Virginia Tech Hokies are everywhere. The pipeline is strong, and uh, I just I loved it. I thought that was super super cool. Um, so shout out to Chanel and Joe uh, for hosting the softball team. Um, love to see those team building experience, team bond building experiences. Say that three times. Um, but hey, that was fantastic. Shout out to shout out to them and shout out to the team. Keep it on. Keep on rolling. Real fun fact, real quick about Joe Saunders. If you look up a picture of him during his time with the Angels, you might see him wearing a Virginia Tech ball cap. Right after the tragedy back in 2007, the MLB let him wear a Virginia Tech ball cap to show support for Hokie Nation. Uh, I just think that that was so cool. That picture's out there on the internet. So if you want to look that up, it's uh, I think it's a really, really cool thing. So put it put it in the article, Gray. Dude, I'll do that. I'm texting it to you right now. <laughs> All right. Uh, awesome. And then, uh, yeah, Grayson, you mentioned Grace Chavez knowing that the team is going to be good this year. Um, ran a little audit on the roster. Not a single senior on this team. No seniors. So this will not be the last we've heard from this this squad. Um, excited for you guys getting the opportunity to potentially go, um, but also excited for the future uh, of the program as well. So major hats off to Hokie Softball. We can't wait to see what they do this upcoming week. Keeping it in the diamond. We will transition over to baseball for number two. Here are the baseball updates. Regular season, it's done. Uh, Virginia Tech, unfortunately, was swept by Notre Dame this past weekend at home. Um, it was it was an interesting season. Started out really hot. Home run hammer. Bats were hot. Everyone's talking about hokey baseball. Games are a ton of fun. Got the dugout degenerates. Got uh, you know the home run hammer essentially going viral. Everyone's getting excited about it. Uh, and then we kind of get in the midst of ACC play. You know, win win some games, win the Carolina series, and people are still talking about us. But then over the course of probably the last month and a half, you know, things have definitely gone downhill. Uh, which brings us, you know, a lot of it was. Uh, due to the lack of bullpen and a very young team. But it brings us here to the ACC Championships in Charlotte, North Carolina, happening this week. So I might get a chance to go to see the Hokies play baseball. You guys might get to see them play softball. Uh, but either way, it should be a lot of fun. Let's see how it plays out here. Um, we've been sliding. We got the 12 seed. The 12 seed is the last seed in for the ACC tournament. Um, the way that it's set up, it's set up in, in pool structure. So there's four pools, A, B, C, and D. And they're cycled in snake order for the first eight seeds. So one is A, two is B, and so forth. And then when it comes back around, the eight seed uh, ends up being in, in pool A. And then the uh, nine through 12 seeds are matched up in reverse order. So the nine seed is in pool D and so forth, putting us as the 12 seed in pool A. So the 12 seed gets the one seed and the eight seed. And the one and the eight are UVA, 
UVA is the eight and then Notre Dame is the one seed. So looks like we're going to be playing either Notre Dame or UVA first. Um, but the way that it works, it's like a, a, a pool play where the team with the best record in each pool advances to the semis. And if the teams are tied at the completion of the pool play, the team with the highest seed will advance. So we're going to get that bracket here this afternoon on Sunday. We'll make sure that's in the article as well. I assume we'll play one game against UVA and one game against Notre Dame. It's at the Charlotte Knights Park. Excited about that. Hearing great things about that park. I know Evan Hughes was hyping it up uh, earlier last week. Um, but overall, I think uh, I think this was a great year as far as just getting awareness about hockey, hockey baseball out there and people really buying in, but um, you know, it has been a disappointing second half of the season for sure. So I think we'll, uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see what plays out this week. It's frustrating. Um, Similar situation to uh, the basketball team this year uh, and similar situation to softball. It is a young team that vastly overachieved. um, But when you put yourself in a position like that, so early in the season, um, it's tough to kind of watch it all unfold. Um, But, um, but yeah, uh, a lot of, Good stuff to take away from this season. Top of the line facilities. I mean, people are still talking about how incredible the facilities are at Virginia Tech now. Um, and I think this program will continue to get better and better under Coach Chef's leadership um, and some of these young guys that are continuing to improve uh, and these uh, recruiting classes that are looking pretty good. Yeah, I still can't get over how much fun a baseball game is at English Field. If you have not gone, uh, sorry, the window is closed on 2021, but uh, you will have opportunities to go next year. And I'm sure, um, you know, this team having another entire offseason to prepare and get back um, and ready for the ACC season should be a lot of fun uh, with some home games at English Field. All right, we'll segue here into the last big thing of the week. It's actually very similar to last week. We kicked things off last week. The biggest thing was the transfer portal. Well, guess what? We got more transfer portal news. And I guess this is <laughs> we just should just make a portal on. segment. We like honestly, it, there will always be news coming out of Virginia Tech <laughs> with coming out of every portal. school. Go ahead. Not every school, but always something to talk about there. Go ahead, Pat. Sorry to sorry to <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> we're excited. We'll we'll talk about the good first. We're quite excited. To welcome Lynn Kidd coming in uh, for the basketball basketball team here through the portal. He's listed as a power forward, 6'10, 220 from Clemson. Went to IMG Academy in Florida. Um, he's from Bradenton, Florida. I want to say that's close to Gainesville. I think I saw somewhere or someone saying he was from Gainesville, but he's a sophomore. Um, he's coming in. Couple days after Mike Jones makes the uh, head coaching announcement, who? Mike Jones. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is big news. Lynn Kidd. Uh, he comes from a a very very solid uh, school known for high school athletics and IMG. He's from Florida. He went to Clemson. We got three years of eligibility here with him. And dare I say that this is, you know, this is maybe even a better replacement than Michael Durr. Michael Durr was going to to be here for one year, whereas Lynn Kidd, we're going to get him for more than one year. Um, but great news out of the uh, out of the portal. Can, can I can I give you some half ass Internet research that that may or may not be true? 
Sure. It looks pretty true. So I typed in Lynn Kidd on, on the Google machine. Um, and uh, it said Lynn Kidd transfer, Lynn Kidd 24-7, Lynn Kidd father. I'm like, okay, maybe his father's Jason Kidd. It's not Jason Kidd, but <clears throat> his father is Warren Kidd. Warren Kidd is a former American basketball player, six foot nine, 235 pound center, and led led the entire NCAA in rebounding in 1993, playing for Middle Tennessee College. Played for the Philadelphia 76ers for a year and then played in a bunch of places that are not in the United States. But the NCAA rebounding leader, we talk about how bad we need the rebounding. So if this is indeed Lynn Kidd's father, there's rebounding coursing through those veins, which is exciting. Need that. We need that big time like Dennis Rodman, you know, Draymond Green rebound prowess. Six yeah. ten. It's always great to add size. Yeah, uh, add, adding more size to Coach Mike Young's roster. Uh, we'll really be kind of curious to see how Mr. Kidd uh, fits into the uh, into the lineup, into the rotation. Uh, we do have a very very talented, experienced team coming back in 2021 and 2022. But happy to have him. Happy to have him in Blacksburg. Lynn Kidd, all time name too. Five star name. Five star name. Lynn Kidd, five-star name, four-star recruit, uh, 0.955 on the 24-7 sports composite. He is out of Gainesville, Florida, um, so wanted to confirm that. But um, the Mike Jones effect, is it a direct correlation to Mike Jones? I don't know. However, I do know that Virginia Tech is becoming a desirable destination, whether you are a high school recruit or whether you are a transfer. It's, it's definitely important to lock down folks out of high school. However, it's definitely becoming less imperative to recruit strong high school talent if you can get some you know, insanely talented players from the transfer portal. Just over the last few years, um, Kave Oluma, we've seen his impact. Um, Cartier Giada. Didn't get to see him as much as we would have liked, but... We did get to see his talent on display. We knew he had a, a successful career at Kansas State. Storm Murphy, Storm Murphy. I think uh, everyone can say they're excited to see Storm Murphy and uh, the level of production he can bring in from Wofford. Um, so it's just a, it's a testament to this staff that they're able to recruit so well and identify players that can fit and fill the positions of needs um, that we are currently having. Um, so. Hats off to Coach Young. Hats off, hats off to Coach Jones, and uh, you know another piece to the puzzle that uh, was empty. Um, so here we go. And then uh, on a more negative note, with the transfer portal, Justin Beatles, Virginia Tech defensive end, uh, freshman. I guess it would be his redshirt freshman year. I guess last year was technically his first year on campus at Virginia Tech since it was a COVID year. Uh, I guess this year would have been his first year that, you know, officially counts uh, for NCAA eligibility. But he entered the transfer portal on Friday. Definitely a bummer. Um, And I don't think there's any way to sugarcoat that. Justin Beatles was a guy who came in, uh, had a super high upside. He's, He's a guy from Georgia, six foot five, 232, size on the end, and was one of our higher 2020 recruits. Um, and between, you know, Beatles and Tyree Saunders, just like that, that's two of our top four 2020 recruits who have already departed. 
Um, both out of state too. Both out of state guys. So that, that's not to say that we know what's going on or we know the exact reasons why that they are leaving. Um, but you know, it's not a good look based on his his upside and his potential, but also the buy-in that he had on social media. At least, you know, that that's our window into the program sometimes. That's our window into the players, seeing what they tweet, seeing what they interact with, and seeing what they put out. Beatles was always a positive guy. Beatles was always hyping up Hokie Nation, you know, welcoming welcoming in new recruits. Uh, going back and forth with teammates and coaches and whatnot. So, um, you know, don't think this is a a good thing that Beatles is leaving. Um, but just to kind of give you guys an idea of, you know, who is remaining as far as uh, on the defensive line, specifically defensive ends, uh, Alec Bryant, Robert Wooten, Eli Adams, and Jalen Griffin, uh, Taiwan Garbutt, Amari Barno, and Emmanuel Belmar. Um it seems to me that Belmar and Barno are going to be uh, the two. The two you number got one. Pollard too. Pollard is a, is a tackle. Oh, we were going ends only. Oh, ends only. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Pollard, Pollard's a tackle. That's on. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't feel good about. I don't feel good about uh, about Beatles and his departure. But I uh, think. I, you know, I, I'm with you, Pat. Like he was always so positive on the TL. Obviously, the man who recruited him departed uh to san francisco coach tap uh bill i'm sure you'll agree with me here uh anytime the coach that recruits you um leaves i I think that's when you see players transfer the most maybe that's out of pocket maybe i'm wrong but i feel like i've seen that a lot in the past uh and i don't know it's maybe he felt like i'm not gonna get a lot of pt Hard to say, don't really know the ins and outs, but obviously, Pat, I agree with you on the notion that there is no way to sugarcoat it. When you have a guy like that who's so positive and seems so bought into the program, it's tough. It's tough to to see him leaving. Um, but obviously, you know, we wish him the best. Uh, maybe go somewhere where he will get more playing time. I don't know. What Bill, what are your thoughts on this? My thoughts are a couple of things. Um, and again, I'm not trying to I'm not going to sugarcoat this either. Uh, It's 2021. Kids are going to transfer. Kids are going to leave. Kids are going to come in. That's kind of what's going to happen. Again, I'm never going to try to um, try to like say why somebody is transferring or try to rationalize the decision or unrationalize decision. At the end of the day, it's his career. He's going to do what he wants to do. Um, And I don't want to see anybody leave ever. Like, I I don't, I don't want to see guys leave. I love when they come in, you know, we talk to a lot of those guys in that class, got to know them, uh, spend some time with them and stuff. And I'd love to see folks at Virginia Tech because I love my experience so much. Um, But the fact of the matter is uh, him leaving sucks. I think, I think he had a really high upside. I think he was a guy that was definitely going to contribute at a minimum on special teams this year. I think this is a situation where this is a player who, it doesn't hurt us as much this season, his departure, but it hurts us down the line. Cause I think this is a guy who could been, could have been an every down type of guy at the defensive end position. If he continued to get better, continue to get stronger, continue to get larger um, and was going to be a major contributor for this program moving forward. Um, so, you know, I, I, I don't, 
It's kind of annoying seeing every time that anybody, regardless of who, where, or what their situation is, is like, I can't wait to see how people defend this. It's just like, it is what it is. It sucks. Uh, but to me, if you ask me like which one probably hurts us the most, aside from Hendon Hooker entering the transfer portal um, and c- just crushing quarterback depth, um, I think I think that uh, Beatles was going to be a big time contributor moving forward. So I, I hate to see that he is uh, that he's bouncing. Thought, Wait, right? did, I, did I surprise everybody with a not like uh, with a not super super excited positive response? I mean, just, <laughs> I, I, well, no, I, I think you're that was a very honest response. Yeah, it's yeah. not good. It's not good. We lost Crawford last week. We lose Beatles yep. this week. Just the depth is taking a hit. I guess we lost Crawford, Saunders, and Beatles. Um, you know, it's not like we're losing returning starters. But it's still, but it's depth. It's depth, which it's depth. We're fine at honestly. I will say we're fine. I think we're fine at depth at the defensive end and defensive tackle position. I think that's okay. This one bothers me more because of the fact that it it is a Texas to VT guy. And for all you guys that poo poo on it, like no Beatles is Beatles is from Georgia. Georgia. He's thinking Alec Bryant. Okay, then I'm wrong. Um, But. The fact of the matter is this is a guy who I think was going to contribute a lot moving forward. Uh, I, I, again, I don't think this really hurts our bottom line in 2021. That's just my opinion. Sure. Doesn't hurt. Doesn't help. All right. Let's move along here. Uh, We're going to jump into other happenings uh, brought to you by the Chesapeake center for complete dentistry. Head on down to Chesapeake, Virginia to get your teeth whitened, fixed, Whatever you need down there, uh, they can help you out at the Chesapeake Center for Complete Dentistry. Hit up our guy, Dr. John Cranham, Dr. Caitlin Cranham. Hop on in there and tell them the sun sent you, and you'll get 50% off your teeth bleachery. Teeth bleachery. Love the, love the flag at the lake, Dr. I was about to say, some great content. from uh, Love the flag at the lake. The flag at the lake and uh, the instant reaction from the uh, from the key fob uh, conversation that we had. The key fob. Oh, yeah, that was <laughs> You and your life advice. <laughs> oh, it's picking up this week. It's picking yeah, up this week. We got a good one. We got a good one. We got a good one. Okay. Um, all right. So we'll kick things off with football first. Shout out to Mike Nesiolik of the Roanoke Times. Putting out an article this morning, just address, addressing a few things um, that, you know, we should be following. Or Actually, it's more so questions that have been answered or um, things that, you know, are valuable takeaways from spring camp, uh, heading into summer workouts. Tavion Robinson comes out and says that Braxton Burmeister is taking the next steps that the receivers have been looking for and that the coaches have been looking for. Um, yeah, that's good. That is good news. I am in the Burmeister camp. Um, this past spring was pretty big for Braxton Burmeister being that one. Um, he is, he is essentially the incumbent and it looks like towards the end of the season last year, he was the number one quarterback in the quarterback room Two, There's no quarterback competition right now. And it seems like for the first time in forever, there's not going to be a quarterback competition. Usually we're hanging out, you know, two or three weeks in August and Coach Fuente has not announced the starter yet. You know, wants to keep everyone competitive. Um, you know, in camp, 
it looks like this is Burmeister's team. So the fact that he's taking steps in the right direction, uh, coming from a leader like Tavion Robinson out of the wide receiving core, is positive news. Um, yeah. And if you want to look at Braxton's body of work, the stats aren't very good. He didn't have that many touchdowns. He honestly didn't play that much. Uh, but you do have to remember that he had COVID most of camp uh, in, in August. And then he missed most of the fall having three broken toes. So have we seen his best? I don't think so. So the fact that he's, he's moving in the right direction is good. <laughs> and I'll always say this. The only stat that matters from Braxton Burmeister's repertoire is the fact that he's three and one as a starter. Um, so I'm excited to see what he can do this year. Um, and I'm hoping he, he proves a lot of people wrong. I saw a video on the TL. I don't know if you guys saw this or not, but the, he dropped a dime pass, I think, to Tavian Robinson uh, just in spring ball. And all I can think is like, that gum, man, that's a tight spiral. I, I, I better see a lot of that in the fall. Dude, uh, that was one of my favorite sentences that you've ever said. He dropped a dime pass, and I was just like, dad gum, that guy can, that guy can spin. <laughs> I'm serious. I, mean, I, know, I know. I know. Yeah, I'm just saying that's one of my favorite sentences. <laughs> well, I, I mean, it's hard not to it's hard not to root for him, especially now seeing where the kid grew up. I'm like, dude, yeah. Burmeister is dope. Uh, <laughs> and and just seeing like where where he he went to school that was so cool. Bill and I got to see where he went to school a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I'm excited for him. Um, three and one as a starter. Pat, who was who was the loss to? Do you know? Burmeister's loss wasn't – no, Burmeister's loss was Carolina. Carolina. He, yeah, he was benched after uh, the second quarter. Right. Gotcha. I mean, either way, uh, I, I agree. I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of competition there, uh, and he's going to be he's going to be the first man on the field against uh, Carolina in, in September. So I can't wait. Um, some other stuff. From football and from uh, Nisiolik's article, Parker Clements coming in, opening camp uh, as right tackle, and it looks like he's going to be with the ones. Um, comes out a comes out as a little bit of a surprise, knowing that uh, Silas Janzi has a ton of experience um, at tackle. So, lot to be excited with about Parker Clements. I've I've heard about this guy, it feels like, for the last year and a half. It really feels like since he stepped on campus. Uh, a lot of that is in due part to his size, 6'7". Um, and him and Tenuta, it's, it sounds like we'll both be with the ones um, at right tackle and left tackle. So, you know, when it comes to offensive line, the issue isn't really size. It's more so depth. Um, D-line has definitely more depth than the offensive line. Um who knows if we'll go after someone in the portal between now and when the season starts, but um, that's definitely a position position group that uh, could use some more bodies as we head into the fall. Um, Jermaine Waller's healthy. That's good. He only played in two games last year, which I did not know. Um, he only I didn't know played... he played in any games last year. Honestly, it seemed thought... like he was a ghost, man. I think, I think he played against Liberty and he didn't play against – I don't think he played against Carolina. He might have played in the opener. I don't think we had any defensive backs play against North Carolina. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then lastly, um, if you want to talk about, you know, freshman contributors here in the fall, there's nine guys who enrolled early. And of that group, a couple standouts 
looking to be Daywan Lofton out of Texas, Jalen Jones out of Richmond, and then Jalen Stroman out of Northern Virginia. You guys know Jalen Jones is going to be out on the outside as wide receiver. Um, he's coming in at 6'1", 203. Uh, he had a great uh, he had a great high school career. Lofton is my guy, though. Lofton's a guy I really want to see get on the field, making immediate impact. That guy's impact. strong. We talked about it a couple strong. of He had yeah. a great spring. Oh. Uh, Drake DeLulis came out and said he's going to be a ball player for us. I keep saying he's going to be the next Eddie Royal. I want him to wear number four. I want him to return punts, and I want him to score touchdowns. Royal Royal was a flanker, though. <laughs> Royal was out on uh, – was Royal in the slot? No. Oh. Been a while. Eddie Royal would line up on the uh, on the end. Yeah, I feel like that's right. <laughs> it's I mean, 2007 yeah, was Daywan Loft is going to come in and be Daywan Loft, and then 20 years from now, the Sons of Saturday are going gonna... to be like, I want this new kid. You remember to be that guy? Daywan remember Loftin. that guy? This guy's going to be the next Daywan Lofton. That's that's I'm going to yeah. call it right now. We're not doing the comparison game. Daywan Lofton's going to come in and be Daywan Lofton. I like that. I like that. I like that. Daywan Lofton was one of our favorite interviews that we did of the 2021 class as well. So um, shout out to Daywan. He is, he's 5'11", 179. Shout out 5'11", boys. We almost made it to six feet, but (laughs) God God said no. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) And Jalen Stroman is getting some work at free safety. Definitely will, will contribute on on special teams as well, but um, shout out to Nisiolik. Go check out his article a little more um, in depth on on some of those points that came out um, from spring. You guys want to talk recruiting, or I, I think we could definitely talk more about recruiting in about two to three weeks because June is going to be massive. Um, there's yep. about at least. 29 recruits who are going to be on campus uh, that first and second weekend of June, which is a huge deal. I mean, we haven't hosted folks on campus in, you know, 18 months. So insane. that's a really big deal. Um, Virginia tech sells itself when you're on campus, you know, it's not an easy, easy sell over zoom. Shout out to coach tap and the duck pond videos. <laughs> he was like, Goes up to the duck pond in his golf cart and he's like, Yeah, this is where we hang out. <laughs> never like, hung out there once. Daryl Tap, Tap has never hung out at the duck pond. Uh, <laughs> no one in the football team hangs out at the duck pond. We didn't hang out at the duck pond. But, uh, you know, if you want to go to for a nice little romantic picnic or something, through uh, <laughs> the duck pond. It is, is nice. Cool. It is nice. It's just not, but it's not a hangout spot. Yeah. It's where where you go to sit and think. Me and the boys aren't going to play spike ball at the at the duck pond. You you go there to ponder ponder in silence after just getting murdered by an exam. That's where you go. <laughs> wow! Oh my gosh, that happened yeah. a lot to me. I wish I knew. I wish I wish I knew that that was the protocol. Go over to the duck pond, have a good cry. I got murdered, I got murdered by my fair share of exams. Go to the duck pond. Go check out the the radioactivity going on in there. There's the otter that you know the university radioactivity. This is not. This is not the uh, the. Uh, this isn't Chernobyl. Yeah, this isn't. Uh, this isn't uh, um, the polo grounds or whatever over by Giant Stadium. What are you talking about? All right. If it's not radioactive, then how come you've never won first swim in there? <laughs> there are plenty of places because, that aren't because radioactive that I wouldn't take a dive into. Come on, man. I feel like the duck pond's like two feet deep. You know, you don't know a, that. Didn't they just they 
rained Pat, like Pat, 10 have years you, ago. It's have you been for a swim in the duck pond? No, nah, because it's, it's probably radioactive. There's probably, I don't know. I don't want to go in there. It's like the Potomac River, man. I don't want to go in the duck pond. You sound like a flat earther, dude. Fun, fun facts. Real quick. So the Corps cadets, if you try and do ranger company, one of the things that the ranger company boys have to do is get in to the duck pond in the middle of winter, like in the freezing cold. And they got to get into the duck pond. So I don't know why, but it's uh, that just sounds terrible. I mean, that yeah. just sounds like the worst thing ever. I didn't know that was the thing. Now I've I've always heard that the duck pond was like kind of kind of just nasty, so that's why I said that. Um, but who knows? Maybe ask a guy in Ranger Company. Shout out to the Rangers. Um, yeah, but recruiting—that's what we were talking about. Recruiting—it's going to be big in June. We got a lot of folks coming out on campus. 22, uh, 2022 classes, eh, right now. Uh, there's five guys in the boat. 32 ranked, 32nd ranked class right now. Um, two are two of them are from Texas. One is from Georgia, one is from Pennsylvania, and then one is from Virginia. We definitely need to uh, to rev things up here with some of these Virginia guys. But honestly, uh, just overall, I think we'll see some commits next month, which should uh, put some wind back in the sails on the recruiting front, uh, since there are about 30 guys coming into town next month. Uh, any, any more notes? Okay. All right. We got a couple more notes before letters from the launch failed. Justin Hamilton did a coach's clicker, uh, last week. It was great stuff. And I said, uh, I said I would make a comment on coach corn's coach clicker after I got to watch it. Um, I enjoyed it. I'd like to see more, more corn is, is good. He's got a, uh, you know, he's, he's a solid, solid guy. <laughs> Would love to see some more Coach Corn. I want I want to know what Coach Corn likes to do around Blacksburg. I want to know if he's a good golfer. Like I do want to I do want to. Uh, what what was the phrase that Wit used? Um, human humanize Coach Corn. <laughs> <laughs> so as much as I love the three and a half minute clips, let's get more of those clips. Yep. Let's Day in the life vlog, man. Let's Give me that. Some, yeah. Grayson will Grayson will fly out. He'll do a little vlog. It'll be I'm, sweet. I'm so down. I'm I'm there. Would love to do a vlog with Coach Corn. Uh, Jay Ham, great as always on camera with the coaches clicker. So more of that content because it was awesome. I think it's like it's just uh, it's it was, cr- it was good stuff. It was good for any program. Like any program would have done that, and it, I love seeing that from anybody. If uh, if if Colorado State put something out like that, guess what I'm watching? Colorado State's offensive coordinator break down their offense. Um, but Bill, it's, it's so Bill weird. That. We requested it. We were like, yo, how cool would that be if they did like a vlog with Coach Corn? Boom. That next week, Bill, you tweeted it. You were like, well, Pat and Gray, look. (laughs) It's like they heard you. And they dropped it on the TL. So cool. What were you going to say, Pat? There's a fire fire truck and you were talking, so I was going to let you go while it passes by. (laughs) Uh, I don't, I lost my train of thought. Doesn't remember, but uh, yeah, I'm on the TL and granted the South Carolina video that they put out was hilarious. The one where all the coaches call their players and the players think that they're in trouble. I thought that was so funny. That was hilarious. Huge obviously we can't just enjoy the content and be like, wow, that's a great video from South Carolina. Everyone's like, why don't we do cool stuff? It's like, we just put out these two cool coaches videos. There's cool stuff coming out. Every time somebody else does something cool, it doesn't have to be. 
just the light, it's going in the right direction. We're putting out good content. I enjoyed it. I hope that they keep doing it. That was my challenge to them when they started doing the uh, the player mics ups, um, mic ups, and like, hey, this is good stuff. I hope there's more stuff trickling out, and it seems that seems to be the the trend. So let's keep original content is always good. Every other program is going to have their thing. South Carolina did it with the TikTok esque. Oh man, I'm in trouble, and we're doing it with the kind of the the face to face content. It's like more stuff will be coming, and I can't wait to see it. Talking about talking about original content, I think everybody needs to eat some crow, and I need to close my window. So somebody else intro this segment, please. Okay. I, I will be glad to intro this segment. So this is called the life advice segment. We have our first ever submission to the life advice segment. Billy Ray. There were Billy doubters. Ray came on and People were doubting. People Billy Ray came on and, and was what? What do you say? People were doubting. People didn't like this people were like i don't know about this segment Keep i'm up. still doubting i am still doubting this why <laughs> this is our first uh, write-in this is this sons is of sons of consistency give me give me some consistent write-ins maybe multiple write-ins and then and then i'll stick a, a fork or a flag not a fork stick a flag in this segment dude there's always something to learn we're all doing this life thing together and trying to learn stuff and we are not life coaches by the no, way no no like, I, I don't know why you keep clarifying that i'm not coming on here and calling myself like nostradamus i'm just coming on here and saying like yo we we're gonna give you some lessons that we've learned or if you have questions ask us and we'll, oh i'm not chastising you i'm like i know I'm you're not but this is like the third time you said we're not life advice coaches i'm like i'm just i want to make that is, i want to make that crystal clear nobody, I, we're not going to be like the number 537th ranked life advice podcast on Apple, Apple, like old lists. Like, I don't know, Bill. It could happen. It could happen. It could happen. But anyway, Center City Hokie, shout out to you. Every journey starts with one step. And this is step one. Uh, here you go. Maybe the first life advice submission that is true. What advice would y'all give to the graduating Hokies that will be moving to a new city away from home? What were y'all's experiences meeting friends? getting acclimated to the environment, et cetera. Now, backstory, all three of us are experienced in this, um, in this field. Grayson and I also recorded a podcast on this field about two or three years ago uh, where we just got on there and we were like, yo, like, let's talk about how challenging it is. I don't even know if it's still on the internet, um, but, we, but we definitely recorded it. Um, but how should we do this, guys? Should we each go through our own personal? Let's let's do that. My personal experience, graduate from Virginia Tech. I'm the most outgoing guy that I know. I'm, I'm a people person. I like being around people. I like interacting. I like meeting new folks. But I moved to a city. I knew one person this entire city. It was Mike Santa Maria. Mike Santa Maria literally is one of the hardest working dudes ever. So this dude was at, at the JP Morgan offices making st- making it shake until one o'clock in the morning. So it was just the Billy Ray show during the week. And I was living in a studio apartment one block away from work with no car. Billy Ray was the saddest human being on the planet for about six months. Um, but more than anything, I look at that challenging time and it's good to make yourself Uh, I think that moving away from home and the bubble that you have and wherever you're from and taking on a new challenge, it's going to be hard. It's going to be, it's going to be new. It's going to be, um, it's, it's going to be something like you've probably never done before. Um, but you come out of it 
different and with a completely new pool of friends and a completely new pool of support. Um, so that was my situation before I get into all of the like uh, ways to kind of cope with it. That was my situation. I moved to Atlanta. I was there for two years, no car. Um, and uh, that was for work. And then Grayson, where, give, give them kind of your situation post-grad. Sure. So after graduating from Virginia Tech, I moved back home for six months and then moved out to Los Angeles at the uh, at the beginning of 2019. Um, didn't know a soul really, uh, had a few Hokies out here who I, who I knew and they were working. And when I first moved here, I didn't, I didn't really hit them up because they kind of were also first getting started and acclimated and kind of doing their own thing. Uh, and, and so my approach is I had people who I knew who had mutual friends who were also moving out to LA. So I, I'm a big firm believer in, uh, the friend of a friend method meeting friends through other friends. Um, and that's kind of how I did it. Uh, literally a buddy of mine said, Hey, Grayson, I got a, I got a really good hometown homie. who's moving out to LA. I think you guys really click, really get along. Sure enough. I met this kid for coffee. I think, we go get coffee. He introduced me to his roommates. They introduced me to their friends. Their friends introduced me to their friends. That's kind of how it happened. And, um, you know, I think that's always a great way to do it. If you have the blessing of being in a place where there are an abundance of people that you went to college with, I mean, obviously that's great. And you can always still hang out with like your close friends that you went to school with. Uh, but I do, and Bill, I think you'll you can attest to this. There is something special and challenging about moving to a place where you don't know a soul. Uh, and also, fun fact, uh, full of fun facts today. Billy Ray and I, when we first, when he first moved to ATL and I first moved to LA, he and I would just call each other on the phone like every day, and we'd just have conversations like, "Hey, man, like, how's it going with you? Where you are?" And we're meeting all these people and everything, and. Lo and behold, those those conversations on the phone then turned into me introducing Bill to Pat and Pat and Billy Ray became friends. And look at what we're doing right now. So it's funny how that all works out. Uh, but Pat, um, I mean, that, that's kind of how it went for me. And I'm still out here two and a half years later, which is crazy. Still meeting new people through a friend of a friend of a friend. That's always how I've done it. So, Pat, feel free to weigh in, man. I'm, I'm always curious. I live with roommates. That's that's a big one. I moved to Arlington after graduation, along with everyone else. Uh, my experience wasn't as unique as you guys, considering, you know, you go to Arlington and you essentially hang out with everyone that you did in college, right? Um, but I don't really have much wisdom to impart here. I did just move to Charlotte, which is I think a that's, lot. I think you made a great point. Which you is made a, a lot point. different. Um, you got to live with roommates, man. You got to live with What's that? You got to live with roommates. You got to live with roommates. My problem was I'd get home from work and I'd take my stuff off and I'd just go to sleep. I was like, well, that's it. You don't have somebody saying, hey, let's go to Chipotle. Hey, I got this event. I got this. I got that. Even if you don't know them, they're introducing you to casual friends. Um, and then I guess the last like couple things, things that you might think as a college kid are, oh, that's corny, are things you should do. Like get to know your local hokey club. Uh, go out to different events, career building events, even if it's not like something that you're particularly interested in or something you would particularly do. You never know who you're going to run into. 
You got to start. You got something, something, some energy has got to start for something to happen for you. And also I'm doing this on this trip now. Walk up to people, be like, hey, I just moved here. I went to Virginia Tech. I'm going to be honest. I don't know that many people. Um, what's your story? Like, how'd you end up here? Like, that's been the thing here. I'm like, yo, I just, I've been driving across. I'm, I'm like, he's not kidding. I'm not kidding. I watched I him do walk, it. I will literally walk up to somebody and I'll be like, hey, I drove here from New Jersey. I don't know anybody. Um, I'm looking for friends. What, like, what's your deal? And then, you know what? You know what the worst case scenario of that situation is? The person's going to be like, I don't know. Bye. And then you're like, okay. There's going to be someone else cooler in here, so I'm going to go find someone else. But that, that's for everybody is doing this life thing, trying to figure it out. Man, be yourself. Uh, embrace, the, embrace the process. And um, you're doing the life thing, man. It's scary. It's intimidating. But uh, you are the sum of all of your experiences. And the more different experiences you can take on, the better off you will be in your next phase. I think that was pretty well said. I will say, I will say, if you are the established one, always reach out to the new kid in town. Yes. Like, yes. Like, if you're, that. if you're the established one, for example, yesterday, I, a, a new friend of mine out here, his name's Pat Kelly, went to John Hopkins University, played football there, met him through a mutual friend. And he doesn't have, he doesn't know a lot of people out here right now. So what do I do? I'm like, bro, let's go to the beach, drink a couple beers, go have a, a good day out on the sand, sun, sand, all that. And it was a great time. Great dude. And now it's like, we're talking about potentially moving in together. Crazy. Like you, you have to be the guy who, or the, or the woman who is like, Hey, I see this person. They don't have a lot of friends. How can I reach out to them and include them and make them feel welcome? Pay I think, it forward, bro. Pay it forward. I think that's pay like very, impor- very important. And you never know, man, like what that will lead to. It's crazy. Never know. You never know. That was great, guys. Life advice. If you have life advice, tweet it at us. Email us. Life advice at Saturday.com. That was fun. I enjoyed that. Thank you, Center City Hokie. <laughs> and let us know where you're moving, Center City Hokie. We'll hang. We'll hang. We'll, we'll, we'll connect you with our network in whatever city it is, unless it's like Anchorage, Alaska. I don't know anyone up there. So uh, you, you'd kind of be on your own. Um, but hey, let's wrap this up. Letters from the Lunch Pail. Pat, take us away. Letters from the Lunch Pail. Patrick Lawrence. Coming in hot with a handful of questions. Thank you, Mr. Lawrence, Roanoke's finest. Regarding wide receiver exits, it seems like Jafar Williams receives no criticism for the mass exodus of wide receivers, parentheses, and underproduction on the field. And all the blame goes to Fuente, at least according to the fans. Is this a Williams issue, a Fuente issue, or both? Let's play a game. Twilio. The Midwest team, struggling, not hitting their number. Guess who the director of sales is not going to get mad at? Jeff Lawson. He's not going to Jeff and saying, Jeff, what's up with the Midwest sales team? Jeff, yeah, like, You, you got to tell them, is Jeff the CEO? Like, Jeff's the CEO of Twilio. They're not going to get mad at people know the CEO you're of right, Twilio. You're right, you're right, you're right. You're right. Well, if, if you like good stocks, you would know who the CEO of Twilio is. But um, they're not going to go to Jeff and get all upset with Jeff. No, they're going to go talk to Raj or Joe or Kira, the Midwest manager, and say, yo, what, what's, what's going on here? Why are we hitting 66%? And this is just what it is. Some people are lazy. When the offense struggles, it's big, bad Brad Cornelson is the worst offensive coordinator in the history of America, and he needs to be fired. If we lose a football game, Coach Fuente is the worst coach in the history of college football. He needs to be fired. 
I think the problem is a little bit of both. The wide receiver room, there's no way around it, has had trouble keeping wide receivers in the wide receiver room. We've had guys fall out. We've had guys not develop. We've had guys transfer. There's been a lot of issues in that room. I think it's some. I think it's certainly something to look at. But again, like I'm not in that area where when somebody transfers, I'm immediately thinking whose coach's fault is it? Because kids can transfer for a myriad of different reasons. But the production in the wide receiver room has been a little bit of an issue. I'm not necessarily looking at 2021 because 2021 was all over the place. You got injuries to Jane Pay with you. You got injuries to Trey Turner. Inconsistency at the at the quarterback position. Um, but no, I definitely think that the wide receiver room is one of the positions that I'm looking really hard at this year. I, we need to take a step forward in the wide receiver room. This team's success, a lot of it depends on if we can take a step forward in that room. So that's my answer to that question. I think everybody chooses the easiest thing to blame. Um, yeah, that that that's what I got for you, Pat. I hope that answered your question. How is Jafar as a recruiter? Well, Trey Turner is not a Jafar Williams commit. Um, Daywan Lofton wasn't Jafar wasn't the uh, the primary recruiter for day one. I, I don't know trust, about I don't trust those. Like I, I don't I don't trust those. The guy came here to play wide receiver. He definitely talked to the wide receiver coach. You know what I mean? Like I I I I get the whole not primary recruiter thing. Jeff Grimes wasn't my primary recruiter when I was getting recruited. Um I loved Cornell Brown, played a huge role into me coming there. But um I was like, hey, I'm fired up to play for Jeff Grimes. And I never practiced for once under Jeff Grimes because he left <laughs> two weeks before signing day. Not the not the point. Um yeah, I mean, I think uh, again, I like jury's out. You need, we need to produce at the wide receiver position. I'm excited about J- Jalen Jones. I'm excited about Daywan Lofton. Um, pretty sure Jaden Payute is a Jafar Williams commit. Not necessarily sure, um, but that room needs to stay, take a step forward. So we shall see. I think that the blame, I, I think the whole blame thing is kind of goofy. Um, but I, I do think that people usually just go for the lowest, the easiest target, and that's Coach Fuente and Coach Corn. Um, but that's how it goes with everything, not just football. I just think, uh, I mean, in 2021 in the season, we need to just utilize the receiving game more than than we have. I mean, I talked about it earlier. You saw Braxton Burmeister on the TL guns times. It's I'm like, going to stop you right there. I'm going to stop you right there. Khalil Herbert was our running back. Yeah, I understand. I understand so, that. I understand that. But know. it's like we have talent at the wide receiver position. And I, I think that p- the fan base, and it's not all about what the fan base wants, but I think Virginia Tech fans maybe are concerned. It's like, well, damn, you know, we have Trey Turner. We have guys like Tavian Robinson, and, and we just don't use them as much. And sure, Pat, to your point, last year we didn't have to as I much. Hate, I hate this argument from you, Grayson. I just, we have talent. We have talent there. It's like, man, I, I, I would like to see us spread the wealth and utilize our talent at the wide receiver position a little more. And I don't think other people disagree with that. But that's that's just. What do me. you mean? What do you mean by that? I mean that's like. We Should have we throw the ball 30 times. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like we have talent that we don't, in my opinion, this is one man's opinion. We don't utilize as much as we maybe should. That's all I'm saying. But you have to put it like, 
my my challenge to you would be okay so put a number on that like are, are you saying that we should throw the ball this many times are you saying that we should run this set more times and your argument is not uncommon so i don't want yeah, you to no. think that you're the yeah, only person no, that no, no 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 yeah, no but no, that no, that's that's what no, frustrates me is like we have last year khalil herbert was one of the, probably the five best backs in america agree i wish that we i wish we gave him the ball more than we gave him last year and it's tough when you have an offensive line like we had last year. You have inconsistent quarterback play. And again, the wide receivers are hurt. So if we have to, Alabama has super talented players all over the field, and we're not in that position, but sure. there's one football, and you can get that one football to certain players only so many times. So if we have all these talented guys, which I actually think we're lacking a bit of talent at, at, at multiple positions, Khalil Herbert was this football team. He's a heartbeat, heartbeat of this football yeah, team and made it happen. So, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. Like when people just say we need to do X more or we need to do Y more, or why are we doing this so much more Then come with a counter and tell me what you think we should do differently and how we should do it. But until then, it's just kind of non-material. I'll, I'll say this, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll put it this way on third and 12 on third and 12. What do I not want to see? I don't want to see the quarterback in the shotgun and run up the middle for a four yard gain. It's like you have Trey Turner on the out. Draw something up, throw the ball to him. Like that, that's that's where my frustration came from last year. It's like, dude, in these like third and long situations, we're running QB draws when we could do a slant route over the middle. And I'm just ugh, that that made my blood boil last year. Uh so Khalil Herbert couldn't bail us out of every situation. I'll put it that way. That's that's what I'm saying. You know, I, I don't know if that makes sense to y'all, but no, I don't think anybody likes quarterback power on third and twelve. I'll, I'll, or, I'll, or HB draw on third and twelve. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, pulling out the Madden <laughs> playbook. Yeah. Next question from Patrick Lawrence. Looks like hiring Mike Jones is already paying off from a recruiting standpoint. How does he compare to Coach Frazier? Who Mike Jones? So listen, I want to I want to clear this up. <laughs> I tweeted who uh, in in response to the Virginia Tech is hired. Uh, DeMatha Catholic High School coach, Mike Jones. For those of you who don't know, Mike Jones is a rapper. Back in the day, put out an album called Who is Mike Jones? Those of you who know, know that that was a thing. Who? Mike Jones. So I wasn't hating. Just want to clear that up and make that Make that obvious. That was my fault, bro. Honestly, no, I should I should I should have known that because I thought I, I like when I tweeted that I saw so many like a couple people like were like, like I don't even hey, know hey, hey, hey. <laughs> no because I saw some other people were like I don't even know who this is and I'm like okay yeah you guys no, Mike no. Hired, like shut up so when you said who Mike jumped like who I was like are you doing this too Graysonian like, <laughs> no I wasn't hating I, that was a that was a term of endearment. Uh, yeah, but very excited about coach Jones. Let me get, let me get back to Patrick's question. So I think the hire is huge. Uh, coach Frazier was only in Blacksburg for two years, but was an integral part of what coach young was, was, and is building. Uh, I think the difference there is that coach Frazier had more ties to the Midwest. He played at Illinois. Uh, he just went back to Illinois to be an associate head coach there uh, he had a long tenure at Kansas State before coming to Blacksburg. Um, so that's where most of his ties were. I think Coach Mike Jones is going to be instrumental in drawing some of the top talent in the country because a lot of the top talent in the country 
played at DeMatha Catholic High School. And I'm not saying he's gonna that's gonna be his pipeline is where he used to work, but guys like Markel Fultz, Victor Oladipo, and Quinn Cook all played at DeMatha Catholic. So I think there's a lot to be excited about there. I think he is going to be a huge hit on the recruiting trail. Uh, and and we're happy to have him in Blacksburg. There's a lot to be excited about there. What I also like too, I don't know if you guys saw this, there was an interview that Mike um Mike Jones did talking about why he decided to come to Virginia Tech. And apparently it was uh, largely due to Mike Young, who, I mean, just A's across the board on on this guy. Um, but he pitched him basically on Virginia Tech, not because, hey, I want you to come in and recruit well. I want you to come in and get me good players. It was more so, I would love to have you help us be better, yes, but I also want to help you understand what it's like to be a head coach at a Power 5 school balancing budgets, managing player relationships, academics. And I can't imagine a lot of coaches came to him with that honesty um, and kind of wanting to take that on that a speaks to my, uh, to Mike Young's kind of just how he looks at everything and the relationships that he's able to build and just connect with people and how Mike Young sees coach Jones as being a future coach in power five basketball. Um, I thought that was really, really cool um, and excited to have him on board. <clears throat> well, uh, anybody have anything to add to that? Yeah, I think um, Mike Young. Mike Young thinks big picture when he brings folks in. He's not. He's not. He's going to look out for his best interests, but he's going to look out for the folks coming in and their best interests as well. And that's what he tells every single assistant coach that comes in. You know, he says, "I know that Frazier." And I know that Webster, you know, they're not going to be here at Virginia Tech forever. They're going to move on and and take roles that you know are going to pay them more and might be a head coaching role, whether it's the Power Five level, definitely at the Division One level, because um, Mike Young brings in very talented assistants. So this was kind of a uh, you know great to see to Billy's point from a recruiting standpoint. Mike Jones has the Team USA connection as well. Uh, which is going to go a long way. I mean, every article that you read or every tweet that you saw <laughs> had the word in front of Mike Jones's name, legendary, legendary high school coach, legendary affiliation uh, with Team USA as well. It's going to do great things for recruiting. I think, um, I know Webby, Webby's great at recruiting the DMV. Um, and since Coach Jones comes from DeMatha, you know, a school in Maryland, I think we're, we might be doubling down on some DMV recruiting, but I'm sure that, that could be, you know, nationwide as well, just based on, you know, his name and his prowess. Um, so exciting stuff. Um, all right. Question number three from Patrick Lawrence. Any update on BD? Would be Sabidi? What would be your decision if you were him? What is the latest on BD? I haven't heard any updates. I, I can't. <laughs> Pat, I love you. I have no idea what my decision would be if I were BD because I am indeed not BD. Yeah, it's uh, it's hard to speak to that. I have no idea. I would. I I mean, personally, I'd love to have him back. Um, I'd love to have him back. I think he's a a great leader for this team. He's a good decision maker. He always seems to make the right pass. Um, So I think from a depth perspective and a just a continuation perspective, I would love to have him back on this team. Um, I'm I'm kind of interested to know why it's it's taken so long. Maybe the decision's made already. Maybe the decision isn't made already. I'm assuming this question will get answered over the summer. Um, but yeah, I, I don't really have an update on that. 
Um, but when we know, we'll make sure that you know. We don't want to tell y'all the wrong thing at the end of the day. We don't, we, we want to remain, we want to maintain our journalistic integrity here. So I don't want to say that like, oh yeah, he's coming back. And then like in two weeks, it's like, no, he's not. So yeah, I I, I don't know. I wish I had an answer for it. I just, I just don't. BD's BD's definitely one of the glue guys from the staff or not the staff from the program. Uh, Coach Young loves him. He's a leader. Um, Either way, I think we'll be in good shape. If he leaves, we'll be in good shape. If he comes back, I don't think um, it's, it's, it's a huge deal one way or the other, but for him, I know he's going to make the best decision for him and I'll root for him. Next question from Nola Hokey. Love this guy. How can Virginia Tech be the, quote, best development program with such a high turnover in the portal? Not talking about fifth-year bench warmers or walk-ons leaving. Two-star quarterbacks, two starting offensive linemen, and a wide receiver and defensive end that everyone was excited about. Saying it's the norm normal doesn't cut it with our low recruiting rankings. All right, let's take this, uh, let's take this bite by bite. Uh, how can Virginia Tech be the best developmental program with such a high turnover in the portal. Um, It's been kind of the staple of coach Fuente's career here at Virginia tech. We talk about uh, developing yes, developing talent, uh, IE guys like Amari Barno, who you see guys like Khalil Herbert, who you see Um, Isaiah Ford, Eh, Isaiah Ford's a little bit of a stretch because he came in super late, but you can go with uh, Brock Hoffman, Silas Zanzi, Christian Darisaw, all guys who came in and developed as players. Also developing them as uh, professionals. Uh, One of the guys that I was tweeting about the other week uh, was my guy, Javon Quillen. Came in, worked really, really hard. He graduated last year um, and just countless guys who come in. And this is at programs around the world who have the opportunity to change the course of their life um, and are able to do that. First generation graduates, people that um, are able to take full advantage of the opportunity that Virginia Tech gives them. Uh, We have a great SAS department. We have a great player development department. We have great facilities that allow us to do that off and on the football field. Uh, Your next sentence, not talking fifth year bench warmer. Hang on. Can I, can I zag you? Sure. Zag me. Yeah. What football program isn't going to tell you that they've, good athletic programs, good academics and tutors and can help you get better if you come in and potentially develop you to be either an NFL athlete or, you know, go pro in something other than sports. Like, I don't think, I don't think, I don't think your answer answers the question as why is Virginia Tech the best developmental program? Well, I didn't say that. that, I didn't say that. That's verbatim. Like what, what's being preached you know, from the football program to the public is, you know, I want this program to be the best developmental program in the country. Yeah. Nobody claimed that it was the best. We're saying that we're aiming it to be the best. And I think through the facilities that we've built to do it, if you go back and you look at when I was being recruited by coach Beamer, we were talking about, I think it was a 99 point uh, or 97.5% graduation rate, which was the highest in America over coach Beamer's uh, tenure. I'm not sure what it is for coach Fuente's tenure, um, but that's kind I guess, of, I guess, I guess what I'm saying is take out the academics and focus on the development from a football standpoint, but that's, but that's not what coach Fuente is talking about. It's not just about developing. Uh, and he says it constantly, it's but it, but it is, is it not the, is, sh- is it not, or should it not, should it be the biggest piece 
of what that means? I don't think so. You don't? No, I don't, th- I don't think so at all. I think it means a lot more than just, I think his job is tied to winning football games. And I think that's what I was going to get to with this next, with this next sentence is to fans. Yes. That's most important to us. Yes. Wins and losses are most important. I reference players that have come in and been developed, whether it's Amari Barno or Christian Derrissaw or any of these other guys that you've seen, we've definitely done a good job developing players. People joke about it cause developmental you. Well, we've developed some really, really good players. Um, but it's about more than just having a guy be a good football player. I, I think of players and talk about it with different teammates of mine who, and it's not just about the football program. It's about all of the different arms that you literally change the direction of your family's life. Um, and I think through this question, I could be wrong. You're kind of hiding behind, uh, hiding behind this developmental thing. And you must be talking about, uh, on the field only because your next sentence of not talking fifth year bench warmers or walk-ons leaving. I mean, you're trying to develop everybody. You're part of the, in, the entire team is trying to be developed on and off the field. And at the end of the day, you want to put good professionals into whatever their next step off of the football field is going to be. So through that sentence, I think you're speaking specifically about, <clears throat> about football which is fine. Uh, you just did it in a backhanded way. The next sentence is two four-star quarterbacks, two starting offensive linemen and a wide receiver in DN that everyone was excited about. Yeah, that there is no, that sucks. Like I, I hate, I hate losing those guys. Losing those guys is, is not at all what you like to see. Um, it's kind of the nature of college football at this point. Again, it's not something that you like. I hate that we lost Hendon Hooker. I think Hendon Hooker is 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 a phenomenal talent. Um, I hated losing Josh Jackson when we lost Josh Jackson. I hate losing anybody. But again, I think we went over this, I think, three or four weeks ago about the numbers of guys that have entered the transfer portal uh, this offseason. Uh, I, be- I believe Florida State was around 18. Penn State was around 18. Uh, we've had a, a good amount of guys transfer. It quite frankly is the status quo for college football. I, think- I guess the, I guess the issue there is that Penn state might mm-hmm. have 18 guys leaving, but it's because they know that the, the class that's coming in is like a top 10 class. Our that's- class is our class coming in is not near nearly. That's what I was going to say. Diffing. The vendetta, the vendetta on this program right now, I believe the biggest issue facing Virginia tech athletics is recruiting out of high school. We've done a good job, I think, bringing in guys from the portal. With Where is this football team without Khalil Herbert? Where is this football team, team without Brock Hoffman? Where is this football team without um, Braxton Burmeister? But we have not recruited at a level to help sustain being good without bringing in talent from high school. That's, I agree with you. I agree with you 1,000% that I think that is the largest issue is recruiting. Um, I think in the last year, guys bringing in guys like – JC Price increasing the budget for recruiting the different facility changes that we've made for on football development have been monumental and hopefully they make a difference. We're going to find out with these visits coming up here in the next couple of days or the next couple of weeks. Um, so that to me, that is the biggest issue that needs to be fixed. I agree uh, with that a thousand percent. Yeah. Like there's no, there, there's no way to zag that. And yes, I agree with you, Pat, when it's very different when a team like Penn State, Florida State, Alabama loses players because they have other guys coming in. They're blue bloods. And I mean, we kind of kind of used to be. But, you know, here here's we we, just hold on. We were never never. So we were never fine. 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 We were never no point in time from from from, from, I like to think from like 2000 to 2010. We I mean, we were 
top of the food chain. Definitely. That's me being naive and wishing that we could get back to that. But with that in mind, we used to have coaches on staff like Cavanaugh, Coach Cav, who could sell a ketchup popsicle to a woman in white gloves. Like, we, how do we get how do we get that back? Guys like Coach Cav. By the way, that's not an original Grayson Wimbish ism. That's from the movie Tommy Boy. But the the principle, the thought is the same. Like, we need guys who can sell the freaking dream, and we have now budgeted for that in this fundraising campaign. We are going to have a more dedicated recruiting staff, and that is where we have fallen way far behind against the Blue Bloods like Alabama and Clemson and Ohio State. Or the Beige Bloods. Or the Beige Bloods. <laughs> like, I mean, like, yeah. I, like, I'm pretty sure Liberty had more funds allocated to a recruiting staff than we did, which is a laugh riot uh, and totally unacceptable. Um, but I, I, it's like... The in-home high school recruiting has got to get better. And there's no, but this is, yeah, I agree. And that's why I said it. Like, I think, I think that is the largest issue. Recruiting and PR to me have been the biggest Achilles heels of this program in the last three to four years. Completely, completely agree. Not going to, I'm not going to zag you there. The reason I get, I get, I get frustrated with this, with this question is you can't come on here and say and say you're letting the I, I don't know how to read this question because I feel like you're saying are you letting the kids down and people are leaving because you're not a good developmental program, uh, and then in the same breath you're saying I don't really care if like guys that don't play or fifth year guys or guys that are walk ons are being developed. I really kind of messed care. up. <laughs> um, yeah, but from a but but yeah, I mean when Coach Fuente gets on the podium he talks about we want to be the best developmental program in the country. That means on the field, off the field, spiritually, as a human being, as a as a student, as a professional, um, and uh, that's that's what he's saying. So, go ahead, Pat. Bill, you said you said recruiting and PR. Recruiting and PR are one and two, and then losing to UVA, Liberty, and ODU is is number three. Um, uh, yeah. That's kind of like that's kind of like the big three, the the uh, the triangle of death. Uh, the Bermuda Triangle of Tech the Bermuda, over the, the last, Bermuda. <laughs> over the last five years. What you, what That's hilarious. We can't lose to those teams. We ever. can't lose to we can't lose to ODU and we can't lose to Liberty. I get it. Is the expectation? Uh, I'm serious. Question: Was the expectation that we were going to beat UVA for the rest of eternity? I'm just curious. Um, I mean, we we we're a better program than then. We, we so should we should never lose to them ever. Pat said it a couple like they're not ago. in the same they're not in the same stratosphere is what Pat, I'm saying. Pat said a couple weeks ago streaks are meant to be broken. So guess what? The streak ended, and we were never going to beat them okay. now until the end the streak, of eternity. The streak against UVA ended. All right, fine. That that streak ended. Yeah. We still we also lost to Duke by 35 points that year. So if you want to trade one for the other, like, hey man, hey man, I'm uh, I'm with you, dude. We like I would love to beat UVA till the end of eternity. We should never lose to Duke by 30. We should in my humble opinion, never, ever lose to UVA. And uh, we should not lose to ODU, Liberty, JMU in 2025 when we play them. We should never lose to any of those teams, ever. That's that's fact. Um, and just to addre- address the overall uh, generality of the question, it, it makes me think. It makes me think, going back on Pat, Pat Lawrence's question about, about uh, the wide receiver room as well, when was the last time we put a wide receiver into the NFL draft? 
Was Cam Phillips drafted or was he picked up off it was of waivers? Isaiah? Isaiah was drafted Isaiah. in the sixth round of the 2017 draft. So yeah. we haven't had a wide receiver drafted in four years. Wide receivers really needs to be under the microscope. Like if there is one coach and one position group that should be under the microscope as far as developing players, especially because of how important that position is to any football team. That that's one of my takeaways from this, from this entire recording. Um, and this question too. I agree. I agree with you. I'd also say when was the last wide receiver starting wide receiver to participate in pro day like we haven't had receivers because they transfer out at such a high rate that get to graduation and have a chance to go to the nfl eric kuma was one of the most productive wide receivers he ended up transferring it seems like trey turner has been at virginia tech forever um and he's coming up here he'll be a pro day i think i'm hoping i'm hoping he puts an end to that streak and trey um, turner trey turner played as an 18 year old against florida state because there was no depth in the wide receiver room and he made an yeah. impact all of 2018 he was terrific um that 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 needs some attention i know? agree i agree with you so um Wow, that sparked a that sparked a dang Nola Hokey. You really stirred up the <laughs> the water is murky right now. He stirred up the well, that uh, was his that was his that was that was his goal with the with the right end. So mission mission accomplished, Nola Hokey. Um, <laughs> I love this guy. Uh, I'm sure I'm <laughs> sure you do. Um Pat. Well, you said it. You said it earlier, but that's true. I, <laughs> that's true. I love this guy. All right, Nola Hokey, Nola Hokey. Nola Hokey, come up, come up and uh and tailgate with us this fall. And uh we'll we'll share a fighting we'll chat about it. Fighting hokey uh Hardywood drink with you. What's next? Sharky you, shout have, outs. you have an announcement and then I'm going to lay myself on the beach. Sharky shout outs brought to you by Sharky's Blacksburg. <laughs> Programming update. Coach Mike Young is coming back. He's Let's coming go, back baby. Sons. Let's go. Coach Mike Young is coming back on the Suns. He'll be joining us in early June. Stay tuned. The cold drinks will be waiting. Uh, we are excited to welcome back Coach Young. So shout out to Coach Young. Shout out to Phil Mickelson. Hopefully he wins here. Uh, I, I'm sure he's on like seven or eight right now. Uh, we've been recording here during uh, the first half of Phil and Brooks Kepka's uh, PGA uh, round. Uh, Bill, you got any shouties? Do I have any shout outs? Shout out, uh, shout out to Coach Young. I'm super excited for him to be coming back. Um, shout out to my guy, Buckets Chumley, studying art and interior design at San Diego State University. Um, shout out to Pacific Beach. Shout out to the PB Pub, best pub in San Diego. I love you. Um, that place rules. And shout out to you guys. I'm so excited to see you guys next week. Shout I'm out so to John Yetzi, baby. And shout oh, out to that's right. Adams. They got engaged, man. How could one forget? Not forget, just how could one let that opportunity slip by? Uh, shout out to John and Courtney. You guys awesome, rock. Man. Um, Can't wait to celebrate with you guys next this, weekend. Dude, they both, we both had them on the Sons of Saturday before they were engaged. How about that? Yeah, we're so match, we're matchmakers. That's we what are I do. That's match, what we do. We, we match bring people together. Sons of holy matrimony. Congratulations. We are so, so fired up for you guys. Um, um, I, I'd like to, to shout out you guys as well. Uh, dude, next weekend, the Sunday Saturday are going to be in Nags Head, North Carolina, the Outer Banks. If you will be in town, send us a tweet, let us know. Uh, the cold drinks will be flowing in droves. So I, I cannot wait. It's going to be so much fun, y'all. 
Love you guys. Have a great week. Um, submit your life advice. Submit your letters from Lunch Pail. <laughs> um, and uh, we will be talking to you soonly. Time to wander, tripping in the sand. We smoke out windows, drink till we can't stand. But I saw you dance like you want to in my head. And all that she said is, Oh, I know what you're thinking.